Welcome to The Restless Midlifer, the podcast for those of us looking to rediscover the adventure in life. Find out more at restlessmidlifer.com. Hi there, fellow Restless Midlifers. It's episode 40. And today we've got an interview with Claire Owen, who is a coach specializing in working with women around giving up drink or managing life without drink. Um, she is the coach and owner of the business Soberholic. And it's a great interview because we do explore this aspect of alcohol as a crutch, some of Claire's journey, what motivated her to, to embark on her own sober journey or alcohol-free journey, and some of the advice that doesn't just apply to women, it applies to men, it applies to us all. Um, and I love the approach. Um, she's going to introduce the characters, that she, the, the caricatures that she talks about to illustrate the different stages of stepping away from alcohol. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. Any feedback or questions, please email me, dave at restlessmidlifer.com. Um, and on with the show. Before we get into the episode, hop over to therestlessmidlifer.com to register your commitment to living a restless midlife and get an early heads up to the courses, resources and forthcoming Restless Midlifer community and planning programs and events to support you in rekindling the spirit of the restless midlife, reintroducing the adventurous spirit into your life. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Restless Midlifer. I'm Dave Alger, your host, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Claire Owen. Hi Claire, how are you doing? Hello there, I'm good, thank you. Great. I'm going to hand over to you to get your background and your story, which I think is fascinating, and also to explore some of the things that we can share with our the, the audience. Um, but one of the things that you, you particularly focus on your journey through alcohol and um, how you support others now in in living a life without alcohol, effectively. So you uh, you support those people, I, I guess, that fall into potentially my audience, the midlifers for me, as restless midlifers who may have used alcohol as a bit of a, a crutch to to get through to cope and to silence that inner voice that says, God, there's got to be more to life than this. So mm-hmm. I'll hand over to you to introduce yourself and say hi and tell us your story. Hello there. Hello, I'm Claire. Uh, Thank you for having me on here. And yes, exactly. You described my story, I think. I had many nudges from the universe about my relationship with alcohol, if you like. And I think, you know, that discontent, that was the main thing that I lived with like every day. And many of my clients can identify with that because it's that discontent that we're first probably ignore or just drowning wine or you know you find yourself booking that mini break because you're just a bit fed up and it's not that you you want you know it's not really a holiday in the sun that you need from your life you just want to change your life right so that was that was the situation that I was in and I'd I'd been there before you know I took control when I had my children and I changed my career then I wanted to be a a stay-at-home mum but I needed a way to replace my part-time income so that's when I bought into property. And so I'd done that already. I'd, I'd kind of changed my life, if you like, and I took a chance on myself. I'd, I'd like, yeah, I'd back myself, you know, and I think that's what it is. It's about believing in yourself because at the end of the day, you're the one that's responsible for your happiness. And if you're not happy, hmm. you're, in, you're in control. A lot of people are, are feeling that the, the not as in control is because they just don't know what to do. They don't know what to do, but the first question is, what is it that they want? What would you love? What would you want? What is it that you would love to do every day? How would you like to spend your time? 
And yes, it might sound like pie in the sky and a big dream, but like, isn't that nice to have a dream and uh, hmm. to just make small steps every day towards it and slowly, yes, sitting in a different seat? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's so true. I, I had a, um, a guest on a few episodes back, Dave Hall, who works in creativity. And one of the things he talks about is um, novel ideas but useless. And what he talks about that is that you've got to allow yourself to dream and to come up with the most seemingly, and this is the key point, seemingly silly at the time of ideas, of dreams, of whatever you want. You've got to allow that process to happen and then you can work out how to make it happen. Because if you stop it before you even start, then you're going to get nowhere. And I think this is the, this in terms of what you just said about like where you want your life to be, etc. I think I resonate with that because I spent, um, I, I, as I grew up, I kind of fell into, I pimbled into the police, did that job, was living a life that wasn't mine. It was kind of what you were brought up to live. And there's part of me that wanted or felt there was more to it. But that was just well don't be so ridiculous that's silly that's stupid you've just got to and and you kind of crush it down and silence it rather than as you've just said there's like at least allow yourself to think what could be Mm -hmm. then we can work it out and we can work it out hopefully in a way that's you know satisfies all areas of your life but Mm -hmm. no i shoved it down and that's where this thing about the alcohol came in because yes there was a culture and potentially there still is i don't know in the police as much as it was probably less so i would like to think now but back then it was very much that and you didn't talk about your feelings you just finished your shift you went and had a drink um on days off you talk about what beer you'd have after a five or one a.m shift you know i'm gonna have a beer when i get in you know there was very much a culture and it it kind of became something that i would used um as a way to unwind a way to celebrate a way to commiserate a way to shut the feelings up and shut down those dreams mm-hmm. absolutely and you know, it's it's an identity as well, isn't it? You know, if you feel like you're one of the lads because you're having a chat about the beers that you're trying and the different IPAs or whatever they are, it's similar for women. You know, we're all there with, we're, you know, pink Prosecco and it's it's part of an identity and maybe it's something that we'll pick up when we haven't got anything else. You know, I know that when I wanted to have a family, I was in my 20s and I tried really hard and ended up on the IVF cycle and, Oh, it was it was an eight year journey for me and I didn't end up with a baby at the end of it, but my friends were going out and buying push chairs and that's what I wanted. I wanted that stage of my life, but I couldn't get there. So I stayed where I was for probably a bit longer. I was buying designer shoes to go nightclub. And when I really didn't want to be doing that, I wanted to be getting up and having night feeds with my baby that I couldn't have. But then, you know, ten years moving on, I had my children, I, I my my relationship broke down, I went travelling, did a few things in between that probably made me a little bit more whole as a person. I really do believe that. I think there was no physical reason why I couldn't have a family. I just wasn't ready, if that makes Mm. sense. I wasn't ready. And I think by having that time to grow as a person, now I'm definitely a better mum than what I would have been. Yet the mummy needs wine culture was there for me to just slip straight into Right. You know, so I took that party girl persona and I just replaced it with the, you know, I'm having a glass of wine. I've had a strong, a really hard day with these babies and that I really bloody loved and I really wanted. You know what I mean? It was just crazy and, and it, you just get sucked along with it and then get the kids looked after, let's have a night out. And as my mom was bringing them back, you know, you, you're waking up from a raging hangover and just thinking, that's my time. That was my space. That was my 
time for me and I've just wasted it again on getting pissed. <laughs> you know, I don't feel less stress. I feel even worse than I did, like at the end of my busy week. And now the kids are back and I've got to be a brilliant mom and I don't feel like I've succeeded at work. I haven't relaxed in the time that I had. And now I feel like a bit of a shit mom as well. <laughs> you know, and that was that was just a constant thing. And, and yeah, the, the self-loathing, for especially with um, women of a certain age, you know, we're hitting that menopausal age, that's self-loathing. It's an easy, it's an easy badge to take and just, you know, it's easy to believe that you're not good enough. We're, we're told that all the time. And I know I'm not getting on the woman thing, but that is, that's the woman that I want to work with. I want to work with her who feels that it's her identity. She's not good enough without it. Mm. She can't cope without it. Our friends won't invite her without it. And so she feels stuck. She doesn't really even want it in her life, but it's so ingrained. And she doesn't believe she's bad enough to quit. That's the other side, because I wouldn't have gone AA. I wouldn't have spoken to my GP. I wouldn't have. I didn't identify with that. I was having a good time. You know, I was enjoying myself when I was drinking. It was just really eating away. And I didn't even know when I moved away from it, how good it was possible to feel without it. You know, like people waking up today, it's Friday and they go, oh, get in, it's Friday. You wake up in a good mood and it doesn't even matter what day it is because you're not poisoning yourself. You just feel better. You know, you feel like you can make decisions. Everything's more... You know, even the problems that come, you're ready to think oh, think of solutions and ask for help instead of just burying it, like you're saying, just them limiting beliefs and thinking you're not good enough and you're not you're not able to cope. If you're not coping, you can ask people for help. There's so much help and support out there online now. Mm. You know, with with anything, any problem you can think of, there's somebody there, you know, with a YouTube channel or whatever to share their story. Yeah. Yeah, I think it comes across loud and clear, doesn't it? That and, and there's some few things I would love to pick out. I think one of the things you said there was I wouldn't have seen, I wouldn't have gone to AA, I wouldn't have gone to the doctors for help, etc. And this is this is the thing because I think over the years and being in the police, you know, I've seen alcohol at the ex, what I would say would be the extreme, and you know, I've seen the the destruction and the end of that but i've also seen people pull themselves back from it what i've also seen is that what, what i guess i don't know is it the gray zone the middle land the, yeah, the land of like that. where many of us do it mm -hmm. and we function we don't necessarily see ourselves as an alcoholic nevertheless <laughs> there are still problems it's problematic and it's still causing problems but maybe not enough to tip you into the way you think god i really am rock bottom here do you know what i mean is that so, oh that's absolutely that's the danger zone isn't it it's that zone in in the middle where you know if you put on facebook tonight i'm gonna have a few pints so i've bought myself a bottle of jack daniels gonna watch netflix you know if if you would get lots of likes and applauded and enjoy it cheers get in that's one person then another person could say they're gonna and everybody be like you know don't do that because your life's falling apart I'm working with the people who it's a good idea. You know, the people around them think it's a good idea to have a drink. So mm. imagine that. It's that, that you know, you want one thing, but everything everything else is telling you that it's a good idea. So it's you finding out what you believe about alcohol because it's individual to everyone. And mm. you can't find out until you stop. If Like, say if tonight you think, well, I have to drink tonight because it's Friday. And I would say, well, why? And you go, well, I'm not working tomorrow. I go, right, well, let's look at that. So tomorrow, what would you like to do? Because you're not working, you can lie in bed. Is that really what you want to do with your time? Like, what else is there that you would really like? What would you love 
You know, what do you love to do? And then, you know, okay, clear out the shed. You don't want to do that. But if it means that, you know, you can be more ahead of yourself for the following week or you want, it doesn't have to be get pissed or clear out the shed. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. other things you might want to take your kid golfing out of the driving range and fishing and things that you've said, I want to be that dad. I want to be that guy who does that. But you never find the time to do it. Right. It doesn't have to be something huge, just something that's enough to make you feel like a good person. Yeah. So you're choosing that instead of the, the drink, even just once. You don't have to be an alcoholic to do that. You don't have to speak to your doctor. You just can choose something different, something positive and just watch the ripple effect from that. Mm. You know, it's about observing first. I mean, my my avatars talk through the journey. You start off stuck. And then you observe other people and that might be looking for when that green eyed monster comes out when you see your friend taking his kid fishing or whatever it is and you think why do i not do that you know and, and that's like a thing that you would feel better if you did that you would enjoy it it would be i mean it's not a massive thing is it a lot of the time we say what would you love i would like to do it's not costing money it's not hard to even arrange it's just well why aren't you doing that then you know what I mean? Mm. Does that make sense? Oh. <laughs> Often when they ask people, what is it that you would love? It's not like, oh, I don't, you know, I would all love to go on a cruise or whatever, but it's simple things, little things that you're in control of. Yeah. And I think that, that in control of taking back some choice and realizing that you have is, is or have other choices because it, it's interesting. I think I came to, and I've had periods where alcohol got the better of me. And it wasn't until I look back. I remember when I was family liaison for quite a while on a, a murder inquiry. It was kind of a the culture there, but it was also just the way I would unwind, block things out, all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And I look back after that and thought, yeah, that wasn't great. So it wasn't a case of right, you need to pack in drinking at that time. You know, it was a case of just don't go back there. But it it come. It's a, like a learned coping strategy in some ways. And I, I remember through another tough time when I was separated, you know, um, pre, the, pre the work I do now, but that idea was in my head. But coping with a lot of things like guilt, split up, that kind of thing. I even used to say to myself, um, you know, I, I, might, I was working part-time in the police and running my business. And I remember rest days would come and I think, right, I'll do some work. But there would be days where it would fall on a Friday night or at least one day a week. I'd say, right, I need to get effed out my head now. And that would mm. be my phrase, you know, right. And it would be a drink to just block, blot, whatever. And it would write the next day off. Um, mm -hmm. And you're right. One of the things I kind of uh, that came through is realizing one of the best t time management things for me is to is to not do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just not do that. Exactly. Because how much time gets lost, not just in the act of being mm -hmm. drunk or intoxicated or whatever. And don't get me wrong, I, I still drink now. I have a social drink, etc., cetera, uh, with friends and catch up. But there's the time that you're doing it that you might be sitting on your own or whatever, but there's a time afterwards, isn't it, when you think feeling, as you say, rough as toast or, or worse or Exactly and, and you just it's that success loop as well though, because once you choose something positive instead, and yet you know, it might be like, Oh, I've never even thought about drinking, I'm just doing this thing. But if you actually say, Right, and tonight instead of having a drink, I am gonna do this thing. You know, and it sounds really simple, but even journaling, and I know it's, again, maybe my confidence, I feel more like I could talk to a woman about what, how the, the benefit of journaling, and and it's, it's like magic, you know, it is. Like if you write out how you're feeling, especially if you're in a bad mood and you're frustrated, 
you find out what's pissing you off. You find out where that discontent is. And it's not about reading it back straight away and sitting crying about it. It's just about getting it out and then working out what can you control and what can you not control? And what are you going to do about the things that you can control? Because we, we complain and we talk about it or we worry and we get stressed and we drink. But do we ever get to a point where we say, right, what am I going to do about it? Mm. You know, and that's for the time that you're drinking because you're stressed, which is only one part of it. Like you say, you might be drinking another time because you just want to like, you know, get away and just, well, I suppose that's the same as stress. It might be that you want to chill out or you want to connect with your friends. So slowly over time, you'll start to realize, well, actually, I can control the stress times I drink. I've got another tool in the box now. Mm. I know how good it feels to whatever you try, you know. And at that point, with when my ladies are at that stage, then I'll share the things that I tried and what worked for me. And and it's it's just, it's nothing complicated. It's really, really simple. It's mm. just applying your focus to it because a lot of the time it's bravado and it's like, well, I need a few, I'm just, you know, it's like a, it's like a t-shirt that you're wearing. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, I'm that person who does yeah. that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm that person, you know, and I'm I'm cool. But like, especially for women, we're coming to an age where we want to know what's going on with our, with our bodies. We want to feel in control of that rather than just thinking, oh, I'm a mid- middle age. I'm just naturally going to get fat. I'm naturally going to feel worse and naturally just going to end up with aches and pains because that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. It's not necessary. And once you sort the alcohol out, and like you say, you have the time, energy, and focus to spend on the thing that you want to do, what you want to do, that just leads to so much more, so much more. It's not about the alcohol really quite quickly. You know, and it's like, do you just keep going until you're bad enough? And then what? Then what? This nice, friendly approach probably won't work. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple of things that I'll come back to, but one of the things you mentioned about journaling is I'm a big fan of journaling. It's something that I learned. I never journaled as a teenager type of thing, you know, but as I've come through the learning and development road, that reflective practice is a big part of it, and I've come to understand, for me, the power of it. I think you're right. I think that it's it's how you can – that can be a very powerful tool. It's how you do it, is it? You know, and to convince anybody – but potentially some blokes that it's worthwhile is a challenge I but feel like that. i feel yeah. like oh, men won't do that but maybe that's wrong maybe we should maybe we should remove that stigma ourselves perhaps yeah. i think i think more more men than you think would be you'd be surprised at how many do but i think it's potentially approaching it with that well what's what's the point of this but once mm-hmm. tried um and start small you know but anyway the, the, the benefit of that is exactly what you say get it out of your head um, the feelings, the thoughts, the whatevers, and then you you can look at it. You, at least you've dumped it out of your head. You can think a bit clearly, but then look at what you can choose. So I love that. So you, I guess the thing I wanted to ask was what was what was the story, the point, the turning point? What led to you your own turning point? That that transition, right. that shift. If, if I'm honest, I used to blame my husband. I thought he he drank too much. I felt like I would drink, and then I would probably just put myself to bed because I would be tired <laughs> and then he would be drinking and he would want more but i insisted on drinking drink for drink with him so naturally he's a big bloke he would could drink more so he would go off partying after i'd gone to bed and when i woke up in the morning he would get a real bollocking for that but had it been the other way around i would have done exactly the same thing but i couldn't see that at the time 
it would it was like someone trying to stop me at nine o'clock at night you, it would be impossible you know what i mean it's just that just doesn't make sense so he was always in the doghouse about that and then it was just i just tried every way i could to cut down and i constantly failed and i felt rubbish because i wasn't i wasn't really sticking to a plan that i hadn't even made do you know what i mean so i would just wake <laughs> up well, i've done it again but i hadn't even said that i wouldn't you know what i mean it was just a lot of a lot of that for about six months like thinking i need to look at this but what would happen is when i felt so rubbish about it i would be motivated to do something and then later in the week i wouldn't feel the same i wasn't the same person like what was a good idea on a Monday was, wasn't a good idea. You know what I mean? It was a different Claire and I didn't like that. I wanted to be consistent and I felt like my kids were getting to an age where, I mean, they never, I, I never noticed them judge me or anything like that, but their little eyes, you know, they were getting to the age where they were thinking, well, why would you do that? You feel ill, but why are you drinking it again? You know what I mean? They would be questioned. I was seeing it through their eyes, I suppose. And I mean, the miles off, imagining that I would be encouraging them to drink. I hadn't even processed that. I have since, but, you know, thinking, oh, how does mom cope? You know, what does she do when she's stressed? What does she do when there's a global pandemic? What does mom do? You know, like I'd, now that terrifies me thinking like that. And they know now what, what I would do. Um, it's not sit and drink a bottle of wine, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, loads of different things. But then the main thing was my friend came back in my life. She she had um alcohol had got a hold of her and it had totally changed her i hadn't seen her for four years and it was a different person sitting in front of us when we got back in touch mm-hmm. and i couldn't get my head away from it I, I couldn't not look because she was me you know she was me would been on hen nights would travel the world together loads of different holidays and it was there as the accessory to this lovely life with the hair extensions and the nails and now it was different and I was sitting beside her drinking more than her and her life had fallen apart. And and I couldn't not look. And she had gone to a recovery center and she drank, it didn't work for her. She'd gone there um, and we spoke at length about it. And that's what, what really inspired me. And I went to do some voluntary work there. I didn't feel like I could turn up as a client and I didn't feel like I needed to, but I still wanted to learn. I, I, I wanted to know more. And I suppose that was when I, my entrepreneurial little spark started as well, thinking I'm onto something here because I would love to be able to solve this problem because everywhere you look is the birthday cards and the things telling you it's a great idea. And I had this disconnect because my friend was there and I was wanting to protect her from that, saying, no, 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 like, you know, this is serious. This is a life-threatening now. Like, at what point do you stop sending the birthday card that suggests gin at five? You know, when do you stop doing that? When this, you know, when your friend's yellow, when do you do that? When do you stop? Yeah. It's horrible. And I just thought, I need, a, I need to wake up to this. So I stopped and my husband stopped with me initially. And it was like really hard for the first three or four weeks until the sleep kicked in and, and this, the quality of sleep and was sugar i mean we still love sugar we're still that's still a bit of an issue because i've got a bag of sugar here for you that's how much sugar is in one bottle of rosy wine oh right okay for those no, who are audio I'm... only there is a there, it's uh, 120 it's a grams. zippy bag full of sugar <laughs> uh-huh. and so if i was drinking 10 bottles of wine a week which people are horrified you know that's 100 units or whatever 10 bottles of wine a week 
which is pretty easy if you think about it. bottle and a munda just to get you through the bath time and then maybe <laughs> yeah. bottle and a half on a Wednesday. You might have Tuesday off and because so you can tick the box that you haven't drank every night. <laughs> and then Thursday, but well, that's the weekend. Friday, friends coming over Saturday afternoon, Sunday it soon mounts up. So when you stop that, you're on your way for mug flurries. Right? You, you need the sugar. And just go with it. I, that's what I added. Just went for it. <laughs> That was 120 grams in that bag of sugar. That's a bottle of rosé. Uh -huh. I, right. I would drink three of them on a Saturday afternoon with ice yeah. and lemonade. Easy. Uh, so I've lost four stone. <laughs> <laughs> right, I that's something I do. <laughs> I do want to come back to that in due course, actually. But you said something now. What, what, I'm just trying to. I'm just rewinding. There was the. Oh, I know. I go there fast. Was a bit about Sorry, motivation. Yeah. No, but there's a bit about motivation. You said it's a different person on Friday, a different Claire. Yeah. And and I think this is this is the interesting thing because I often say, if you're feeling inspired or motivated, don't worry, it'll pass. Because <laughs> the point is, we often like do that. that, don't we? Um, but really, when we're trying to ch make change, inspiration, motivation can be like a little bit of a lighter to the to the spot. But you need more than that because, like you said there, that was a beautiful ex example of it that. You're motivated on Monday, come Thursday, it's not there and it's not the same. It's effectively future you. And and how do you – I guess what I'm going to ask is there's present Claire who was in that, right, I'm going to change. Then there's future Claire. You hadn't thought about future Claire's needs at that point. That's, that's just the nature of the motivation inspiration. What were the things before you actually started to – it clicked and it worked. Mm -hmm. What were the things you were trying? Because it sounds right, like there were some familiar things there. Right, well, trying. Right, don't drink through the week. Don't drink before 6 o'clock. Don't drink spirits. Don't mix your drinks. Have a drink, then a glass of water. Then, you know, all of the things. Then I, what I say to people now, if you're going to do that, don't drink until 9 o'clock. Because otherwise, you see, right, I'll, I'll have a drink now, but then I'll stop. No, you won't. That's <laughs> not true. You won't do that. <laughs> you really won't. I'm just having a couple, right, okay. And then what are you going to do? Because the Claire who has a couple wants a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a future Claire. That's a different Claire. <laughs> exactly. So you need to be one step ahead of that. Right. I know. It is really hard, but it's, it's, it's a bit of a... A trial and error and like you're laughing it, it, like laughing at yourself as well and saying how did that happen it's not a fail i mean yeah. my process i know we're on on audio as well but if, put you, if you can go on my website the circles go round, so it's not pass or fail you're moving forward and if you slip you move back and you can still go for it's and and english helped me with this yeah. Yeah, no, so that people great. can see how the move through the process and identify where they're at if they've taken action or you yeah. know and you can slip back i've got women in the group and now they're using this language and they're saying oh i'm elsie yeah. uh, today i'm ollie you know so, and it's brilliant on, on that because uh, the video will be available on youtube in due course but we'll talk through that um yeah can i hi we just took a very short break there because i was desperate for the loop so apologies uh claire for interrupting the floor but it's actually at a good point in the sense of you were talking about the, the your your business soberholic and the work that you do and your sober model. Um, so before we get into that, you you talked about the change. What what was the journey? You know what you, you tried things. You know, there's present yes. player, future player, that kind of thing. Then you, your friend 
came back into the picture. No, what happened was she was in my life and I was still, I was looking at it. So I'm basically going through this process. I was observing her, observing myself. It was in my head that I needed to change this. At no point at this stage did I ever imagine that it was an option to quit. It wasn't an option to quit. If anything, I suppose, if I'm really, really honest, I was trying to sort this out so I could prolong. Do you know what I mean? Like, this sounds crazy, but I didn't want, I didn't want to quit. That wasn't my motivation. My motivation was to be in control. And it's really good for you to do this because I'm trying to get back to where I was. I, w I never thought that I could live without it. I didn't know anybody who chose alcohol, who chose to be sober, like just out of choice, you know? And, and I could see how hard it was for her to live without it. And it was being forced upon her. It wasn't an option for her anymore. So seeing everything being advertised, it was like I wanted to hide them from her. I wanted to hide that from her. I was like wanting to shout in the shops like people, you can't do this. Like it, it was cheaper for you to buy more. And, you know, every every chance to get it's at the front of the shop. And it's, you know, and I just was thinking, pretty hell, if, if my friend sees this, it's going to be hard for her not to. That was what was upsetting me more than anything. But then I had my little boy's birthday party and we got, we had a brilliant day. He had a brilliant day and it was his birthday the next day. And we got drunk. We stayed up till four o'clock in the morning like we normally would. And it was his birthday on the Monday and I woke up and I just felt like death. And I got him to school on his birthday, made him pancakes and I just felt, I felt really bad. I could cry now and think about it. And you know what? It wasn't about him because he didn't, he didn't miss out. He got what he wanted. All his friends were there. He had a great time. He had his pancakes in the morning. But I I wasn't the man who I wanted to be on his birthday. I felt like death, you know. And I think that was when her, that, everything. I came home and my husband was still poorly in bed. And I said, right, we need to write down everything that we love about our lives because she's losing everything. She's losing everything. And, like, we're, we're playing this stupid game. What the fuck? doing do you know what I mean? we've got everything that we want we've got everything that we want and we're just wasting our time we're wasting our lives and my health isn't what I wanted to be my relationship wasn't what I wanted to be I hated my job I had a business that I started a decade earlier that I wanted to get rid of I didn't want that anymore and I, I didn't have any time to do anything about any of it so that was where I found the time when I stopped drinking it was that was my focus I'm going to stop to sort this mess out that I'm in and then go back like a sensible person. That was my intention at the time. Right. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> right. Thank you for letting me relive that. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Very powerful, actually. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people can identify with it um, in in their own way. Um, when you and if it, if it's okay, just to to pick through a little bit because I think this this is the this is the thing about any transition. Any change that's that's root where there's strong strong roots in something that you do want to move away from, it's the what what is the initial thing that triggers it or starts the process. What are those formative or disorientating dilemmas or whatever we want to call it, and then what are those next steps that you take? Because I know in, t in, t in certain things in my life, not not in the alcohol journey, but certainly in you know, um, relationship change, breakdown, and what have you, that there was a point where I came out and thought, I don't even know how I did that. How did I get to here? But somehow I'm here, and I made it through. And it's a positive, although there was a lot of carnage and mess around it. But 
I didn't think I could have done it at the time. Because Looking it back, seems there was a song. Actually, I was getting ready for today. There's a song, Pink. I, I always listen to it. But every time I listen to it, I feel like I get something different. I listen to it before I come on anything like this. And it's called Colour Me With Sunshine, Cover Me With Sunshine. It's Pink and a Little Girl. Yeah, I think I'm And it says, from a distance, these mountains seem like mighty hills. No, for, no, from a distance, these mountains seemed like tiny hills. I'm getting shivers all over me thinking of that. Because if you think about it, you're looking and you're going, I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to go, I'm going to be there. It doesn't look hard. It doesn't, yeah. sometimes it doesn't look hard because you've got no idea. That's what I feel like with building this business. You've got no idea how far away it is. It's like that horizon. You start the walk and you don't know. But I want to tell you about a book called The Compound Method by Darren mm -hmm. Hardy. Have you read that? Yeah, yeah. Because that's coming to my mind thinking that it's like if you eat a pizza every day for a year or if you take a step in the positive direction every day for a year, soon you're going to be somewhere different. And I think it's sometimes we're pushing or we're, or we're being pulled, right? <laughs> so you're trying to push yourself, you're pushing yourself, and you're saying you must do it almost like with a stick. But my way is more with a carrot. It's what would you get? What do you love? What do you really, really want? And would you give up your glass of IPA on a Wednesday night to get that? Yeah. And I, I mean, you talk about the steps that that's the sprout sweating kind of thing, isn't it? You, you just do the neck, you sweat the next sprout, the next step, and somehow you're in a different place. And that could be both a negative direction or a the positive direction. Um, and I, I think this is where the, the moment that I had, there was a moment where I had a choice to say something or not. I'm happy or I'm not happy. And I said, no, I'm not happy. And that took that that small thing took a lot of courage to say, but it was the the lead domino almost. You know, you, yeah. you see those domino things. Rosie loves them watching YouTube where you press the domino and there's a fancy pattern comes out. But it was like a lead domino that at the time I didn't appreciate what it was, but it then meant there was no turning back, even as small as it was. Um, and I think this is where I tried to look. We do need to make those small steps, but sometimes there is one small step that has a massive impact and there's no turning back type of thing. Um, for good or, or not so good, but we're talking about what, what, what those are. And the only way you're going to get there is by taking that step. You don't know how Trying significant to... it is at the time. Exactly. But I think the drinking, really, I think the drinking comes before that because it's almost like, if you're drinking because you feel you deserve it, mm -hmm. right? It's Friday night. I deserve it. Like mm -hmm. you're saying, I need to get out of my head because I'm so stressed or whatever. You deserve that. That's something that you think you deserve. Like really let that land and think about that on the Saturday morning that you deserved that. Did you really deserve that? You know what I mean? And it's about thinking about it that way. And also, I missed my point there. It was to say, when you look at what that discontent is, so you're drinking because you're not happy in your relationship, or you're drinking because, I don't know, you're worried about money. The problem's still there, isn't it? The problem's still mm. going to be there the next day, but it's about, okay, let's just make a note of that problem Why you're drinking. So if it wasn't for the problem of your money worries, what, you wouldn't drink? Is that true? <laughs> You know what I mean? And like, it's really unpicking it. It sounds, it sounds a bit like going to the far end of a fart, I suppose a bloke would say. You're going to the far end of a fart, but yes, 
It's important. Mm -hmm. It's finding out what you believe. Because once you know what you believe, you can challenge it and find out if it's true. Because you might have that belief from when you were 14 years old, the first time you had a pint. Yeah. And how old are you now? Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't need to prove anything anymore. We get it. You're a master of the universe. You don't need to have a pint <laughs> for the tell about. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't make you more of a man. Really? Really? Like, let's look at that. Mm. If you're brave enough. Is it really making you more of a man? Have you seen somebody get slowly drunk? Have you experienced that? And do they seem more of a man or do they just seem sloppy and weak? Really? Like, and then you go, oh my God, sloppy and weak. You never put them words in there before, now they're there. You know what I mean? It's just playing with what would really help to motivate you. What is it that's going to get underneath that and, and, and make you start looking at it differently? And if there is any healing and forgiveness you need to do along the way, then that's the better way to do it mm. as a man. You know, yeah. standing up straight rather than sitting like that. We're not going to the bottom of a glass. Yeah. And I think th th this is the thing, because we're talking about that grey zone. If somebody's genuinely that in that alcoholic phase, then there's a lot of support that they do need. And, and we, we all need support. We need family, friends, that kind of thing, if we're going to make any change in life, I guess. But I think it depends if you want to take that label. I think if people have already chosen that label and they've been, you know, they go to AA and they do that, but... If that's working, I know a lot of people that hasn't worked for, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't worked for them. And there's nothing to say that, the, you know, the people who could watch my YouTube and do that, it's just a different way of looking at it. Because it is a little bit like a, you know, you go and sit over there. If you said, if a friend said, oh, I'm going to introduce you to somebody, oh, but mine is an alcohol. All right, okay. It's like, say no more. I, I have everything I need to know now. Yeah. To be honest, I would, I would have been that person who would just, oh, oh one of them, you know? And nobody wants that badge. And everyone feels better without alcohol, not just alcoholics. You don't have yeah, yeah. to be an alcoholic to feel better. You know, a lot of the time there's too much shame attached to that. Like if I'm, oh, if absolutely. I'm, I don't want to take that badge. And you don't have to. No, exactly. And I think that there was something you said, I want to be that person. And one of the things that um, I think in this journey, when you're trying to, you're looking to shift your identity, is you start with, well, what do you want? What are the things you'd love to do? And I want to be that person. But then when the, the kind of move into, I am that person who? And so, mm -hmm. and that initially potentially is is a game you play with yourself to sort of say, I am that person. It might, it's probably yeah. a good time because you're pointing to your sober. Go, go through the sober <laughs> and the names. And right, okay. See if we so can... pretend you're right. blind. Pretend you can't see this. Right, so what we've got, I've got these five avatars. Now, I worked with Anne English on this because what it's called is a signature system. Yeah. So with any of these online um, coaching methods, it's nice to have your own system. So I'm so pleased that I did this because I've, I've hidden behind it, if I'm honest. I've hidden behind it on days when it's, you know, because these businesses, it's about the person. Is it? I've got to sell it. It's got to be me. Yeah. But this has been a nice colleague of mine when I'm here on my own, if that makes sense. These are my five pals. Okay. And I created these as avatars so people could identify where they were on the, on the, on the journey and also to understand that they're moving forward. Because a lot of the time you think, well, I'm drinking, I'm not drinking, but there's more to it than that. You know, you, you might not have a drink for four months, then have a drink. You're, you're not the same as somebody who's been drinking all those four months. You're at a different stage in the game, right? So it's about looking at this. So we'll start off stuck like Susie. Susie's there with a bottle of wine in her hand. And, you know, she, she's got many problems in her life, but she doesn't blame alcohol for any of them. 
right? So she mm. doesn't like a boss. We've got case studies for all of these ladies. They've all got a backstory. And she wouldn't thank you for the thing to, to suggest she gives up her wine. That's her friend, right? That's what's keeping her going. So to her, no way. But then she might meet someone like me or come across somebody else who's been in my, my community. And she starts observing and thinking, oh, that's a different way of looking at it. And actually, this person's talking about being sober as a superpower and as a, it's giving them the hidden edge. It's not about going without and feeling left out. And then you become bold like Bessie because you look at other people and think, well, if they can do it, maybe I could do it too. So then you become bold and you take action. And at this stage, I mean, here there's a lot of limiting beliefs, right? So that's this this stage and that's the, here she thinks she um, it's her fault. So we'll remove the blame, look at our limiting beliefs, and then she starts to take action. Well, just, just it, for the benefit it, of the audio, we've moved, okay. like, the, there's the okay. S is Susie, but that's stuck. And not Stu not blim not not recognizing the alcohol and the alcohol's a friend, or is what was the name? Is it Olive? observe like Ollie? Ollie, Ollie. observe. So, so you become observing. more aware, and you, uh, yeah. you apply that that realization, that that observation that actually alcohol may not be the friend that I am, but let, let's be more compassionate with ourselves. Is that right? In that place, perfect, totally. Okay. And she might still be drinking. She's still drinking. She's waking up. Then you know it might be Friday. She's questioning. At this point, I give them a habit tracker. So they can track why they're drinking, even if they drink, you know, tonight I'm drinking, well, it's Friday. Just so you can mm. say, actually, I'm drinking for these particular reasons. And you might feel silly, which obviously a journal say you don't have to share that. You know, but it's then the next month you look and it's might have changed. You'll change the more time you're spending with other people. And so then when she's bold, this is when we bring in the success loop. And we'll welcome your cravings because that's where the clue is to what you believe about alcohol. Are you drinking because you don't want to miss out? Are you drinking because other people are drinking? Mm. You know, really? Are you drinking because you've got so much to do and you're so stressed? You know, like, really? What, what is it? That, why? Why? Okay. And then we'll obviously have to recognize at this stage, you're going to still desire alcohol. And it's, it's noticing that disconnect between the fact that you're denying something that you desire. So you're asking yourself, what is it that I like about it? Do I really like how it makes me feel? Can I remember when it didn't make me feel like that? You know, and, and none of those questions can be asked until your cravings come up, which is going to be unique to every individual. Mm. That's just as a little quick interjection there, that so ties into um, research around habits and, and trying to break habits is that the more that you try to, focus on not having the feelings or denying or crushing them down it intensifies it whereas if you just it's kind of i mean i'm using my words here but it might be the same is it mm -hmm. you accept that they're there you notice when they're there you're non-judgmental in one sense about mm -hmm. them but you are evaluating what they mean is that right is that yeah that's the habit tracker it's just yeah. it's got three columns or four columns how do you feel do you want to drink why and did you drink so, and, you know, they can do it on the habit tracker. They can write a note of it. They can keep it in their phone. Eventually, I'll have an app, but I haven't got that yet, right? Mm. So just for them to track their habits. And as well, at this stage, because they're being bold, that could be any level. They could be just bold, the fact that they're tracking their habits. They don't have to have stopped yet. Your version of bold is completely different to mine. I'm bold today because I'm coming and doing this, you know? One day I was bold when I said to my husband, let's write down everything we love about our lives. And I've been bold many times between, you know, mm. you know, bold just once. This goes on yeah. and on and on. 
And then it's a case of engaging, like Elsie, engaging in life where Bessie could stay home with the curtains closed and use willpower. But Elsie is challenging that because she has to go out. I'm looking over here. I've got it up here. She goes and challenges herself to do new things and, you know, connect with different people, be active, learn new stuff. She starts working out how much money she was, she's been spending and what she could spend it on instead. You know, and thinking about, well, I could invest in myself. I could look at my personal development. I could change my career. I could do them things. I could travel the world, whatever I want to do. You know, she's engaging in life. And of course, she's meeting new people and she's surprising herself that everybody doesn't get this. The world's not full of these people. Yeah, and you start thinking, just, you know, and I, yeah. I would go out to eat at this stage with people who were drinking and I would be thinking, you need a drink, you'll need a drink. I would be pour the last of the wine and I would be shouting for the waitress for another bottle and not everybody drinks like that. And it's <laughs> not until you get to there that you see that. When so you're the, here, you think everyone's having a great time except for you, which yeah. is not true. Right, yeah. So there's a there's a key difference, isn't it? When you, you can, as Susie or Steve or whatever, you know, at that point where alcohol is your friend, you can't imagine why somebody wouldn't because how can you have a good time without it? Yeah. But Elsie is the E. What's the E stand for? In Engage. So she's engaging in life without right. alcohol. Yes. She's finding other things to do. She's, you know, she's going to the things and she's exploring the different ideas and and you know, I'm holding back for not saying things like I went paddleboarding, kayaking, hiking, rock climbing, yoga. You know, I did loads of things, but that might not float your boat or your listener's boat. So it's got to be what's right for you. Yeah. It could be crafting. It could be travel. It could be anything. Whatever. If you have an interest or a spark, you'll find a group about it online. There's so many ways you can find other people who have the same interests as you. Mm. This sometimes the friends you have when you're here, the only thing you've got in common is the drink. Yeah. So then it's yeah. hard to change. And if if you say, "Oh, I'm really interested in whatever," and they go, "What? What are you on about?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I've had experiences where um, you know people have said, "Oh, oh well, I'll tell you what, um, we'll just meet for a coffee instead." Well, we'll, we'll not meet an, on an afternoon or an evening for a beer. We'll we'll have a coffee and. Um, you know, uh, there wasn't a particular rush to meet. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's kind of, that that that. If you reframe it, that you think, right? Okay, that this, uh, you know, um, Eddie or whatever it is. I know, and I'm going to get you. The, but I have to think of some names. Well, this year well, we get I think the idea, now. the caricatures, the the profile, I think it's brilliant. So you've got Susie, uh-huh. uh, Ollie, Ollie, Bessie, Elsie, Riley, and Elsie. Is it Elsie? Elsie. And then the LC R. So we're talking sober as the mnemonic. So what? What? Yeah. Where, where we're moving to R? Anytime you're ready. Go on when then. you're ready, and you look back, and you start thinking, do you know what? I'm not even bothered about having a drink, and right. I, I'm, I feel different, and I'm so. You hear yourself like telling other people and inspiring them. Somebody will say something about sleep, and you'll go, "You need to stop drinking." You know, my sleep's improved, and. You know, you start looking back through your journals and you just go, bloody hell, how far have I come? How far have I come? And, and you know, and that just goes on. There's more. There's more. <laughs> yeah. And there's more that way. This yeah. is just a snapshot of where I'm at. And and when you're here, even that body language, you know, you, you would think, what's she? What's she? 
doing i want to see what she's up to i have these fizz sticks that i take if i go anywhere and i put this in it it's just powder it goes in there and it fizzes right up and there's lemon and so if anybody's having a drink and i have that you have no idea they go oh can i have a taste <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> you know and it's about being a woman of a certain age i say this it might make you cringe but like we'll talk about this menopause and go oh well i'm a woman of that age but in france and spain they were like a woman of a certain age starts looking after herself and starts like you know it's, it's about having that that pride and thinking who okay that's who i was in my 30s most of my 40s but i don't want that in my 50s and my 60s i want a different version of me i want to be that glamorous granny with lipstick on my teeth when i'm 95 you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean yeah i do i don't want it like just at one point there's this, there was a thing on facebook wasn't it, saying i'm gonna go sliding into heaven on me arse like yeah. i don't want to do that change your mind i've changed <laughs> my mind i don't want to do that anymore i'll glide in nicely yeah. feeling serene and calm and you know i like to meditate now i like a candle before i sit and do anything it's just about putting yourself first and making yourself feel special because once you do you start to feel special in other everything you just start upgrading everything about your life yeah. um there's <laughs> so many reasons why that's powerful um but i think the the key one is that when you're in the other place and you're using misusing alcohol using alcohol for whatever reason there it comes with it and i know this not just from my experience but from you know talking to people is that there's that cruelty to yourself and when you can shift through that to this identity that actually I am worthy of, you know, finding out who I am, that actually I'm worthy as I am anyway, whatever I define myself, but I'm worthy of having some self-care, some it's kindness hard. towards myself. Um, mm. And that that is powerful. And it's actually well-researched in, in behavior change literature. Sharu Izadi, who's a, wrote The Kindness Method, I don't know if you've ever read that book. Mm -hmm. um, she, another... And she's worked a lot with addicts and, and weight issues, you know, and that kind of mm -hmm. thing and had her own challenges. And she introduces that idea as well. So I think, not idea, that approach. And yeah. I think it's really, really important and powerful um, that we make that shift. And when you were talking about this, you know, I want to be in the future, I think about it in terms of it's, it's like it's the narrative and the story of your life. You know, you've got your past chapter headings. And it's an exercise I do actually with clients is what are the past chapter headings? What's the chap what's the what's the what's the plot or the or the um the genre of your book? You know, is it a rom com, is it a tragedy, is it a what but what would you like it to be? What's the end chapter about? You know? Mm -hmm. And then let's look at the next chapter, you know, and how were you mm -hmm. going to describe the hero or the, the protagonist in the book yourself? Of you know? course. And and it's not easy. It it is hard and I think often it's a pick yourself up and, and yes, we'll fall. Like I always say to my ladies, what's going to motivate you when you wobble? Like what all do? Because, you know, if you let's just expect to wobble, it's going to be hard. There's going to be times when people are saying, just have one. And that's when you've <laughs> got to be really, really compassionate because they don't know what you know. They don't mm -hmm. see how you feel on a Wednesday. And do you know what? At that moment, it's not the time to, to try to, persuade them that it's a good idea for you not to bother so my response is usually just to say please don't worry about me if i want one i'll get one at the minute i'm fine right yeah you know what i mean yeah i like that i like that as an approach a response because otherwise if you go oh should i should i not oh i'm trying not to i'm doing this thing 
No, they've won. They've won. That, that's interesting because you've won. It's it's like the second version is you're leaving it open to to the present you making a decision, whereas the first example is past you has already made the decision. There's no other decision to make, so no there's no decision. effort or energy. You've made a decision and, and whatever, and and I like that it's, idea. That was to you when you're that person as well. When you become that person and you look back the next day and you did that, you grow two foot. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've just interviewed um, Pete Matthew, who's the podcast host of Meaningful Money uh, podcast, uh, great, great podcast and whatever. We're talking about financially reshaping and that kind of thing. And he talks about very much what we're talking about. It's, the, it's not really the money. It's the behavior and the mindset. One of the things that having been in significant debt and then getting myself out through the snowball method, all of that, was there was a point where I, I started to put money into my account as savings. And I suddenly thought, who, who is that person? Dave Aldrew doesn't do that. Do you know what I mean? But there was a realisation that actually I do do that and I have shifted. And I, I can see a similar thing for, for any change, but this kind of change is that there's a point where you think, you're not that person, but you, you, you're playing, you're moving, you're trying to do this, you're trying to build. But then there's a point where maybe it's the R. Who's, what is R's the name? Riley. 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 So the, is is, is, is Riley the point where say, wow, I am that person who, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, but it, don't forget that Riley's not the, the end deal. Right? Yes, I need to yeah. make that point yeah, that it, yeah. it's continual, isn't it? It's keep yeah. on, like, my accounts... Now I, I feel like I've got all my spreadsheets. I feel like I'm on point. I feel brilliant because I know how to do that. Where even six months ago when anybody mentioned that, that would fill me with absolute <laughs> dread and fear. Yeah. You know? And, and the dread and fear is huge. And then you do the thing and it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I built that up, that it was such a big deal. And mm. it, it's simple. It's really not. It's that sort of limit and belief that you keep smashing through when alcohol's removed because it's a depressant. Yeah. So that's that adds to that feeling, doesn't it? It adds to that feeling of like hopelessness. Yeah. I think that's that's really really important to recognise that in itself, it, it has that impact and chemical effect as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. As well as all the psychological anxiety. reasons. So okay. one of the things I'm conscious of time, and I'm really grateful for your time. It's been great. Um, is your you mentioned the weight loss? Um, and the photographs that you sent, the before and after. Um, just, Did you get a shock? <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, it, firstly, I wasn't expecting those kinds of shocks in the email, I have to say. <laughs> and it, for listeners, I will, we've got permission. I'm, yeah. Well, I haven't got permission, but can I put that in you the show notes to show? That's, that's it's not the point. Fun. It wasn't just for you. <laughs> no, I know. I know I wasn't joking. But, but like, I opened it, I thought, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right. But the point is, there's, there's a heck of a transition. And you were saying, you're putting that down to obviously drop, stopping the drink and etc. Just talk, tell a little bit about that aspect. Of it. Yeah, well, I think obviously when I talked about the sugar, that was yeah. the first thing that happened for me was the sugar cravings. And I think just to go back slightly as well to, yeah, why? Because this is connected. Sometimes I hesitate showing that photograph because what I need people to know is there's three years between them two photographs, right? Yeah. right? But the reason I showed is because I know that that is what will get attention, especially of women and especially this time of year, right? But the joking aside, I feel amazing. I never imagined, I mean, I was always, this might not mean anything to you, between a 12 and 14, right, as a grown woman. I don't even mean after children, I mean as a grown woman. I'm in the I'm a size eight. I've gone back to like my pre-drinking date. Like, like, and when I look back, I think when I was 17, I was slim 18 and slowly over the years it's just gradually gone up 
but it's the sugar it's this isn't it <laughs> it's been that from when i started drinking and now i'm not drinking it's not just the alcohol it's the other choices that i mm, make yeah because you, when you're not drinking you don't need the kebabs and the pizzas <laughs> <laughs> you don't need any of that (laughs) and it's crazy because sometimes at the beginning it would be like oh like say you know sometimes there's a kfc just open you're like oh get in food like that you haven't had for a long long time but it doesn't taste the same because your taste buds change Mm. and you just naturally and i'm not saying that i'm total health free because i do still have this sugar this little sugar problem going on but i've got replacements now i have sugar protein no sorry chocolate protein drinks i lift weights and things that i just feel like i would never have done any of that i wouldn't have been interested i wouldn't have ended up in that zone and it's been a lot easier than what i thought it would have been it hasn't it's just come as a natural byproduct from like that first domino yeah because I'm moving more, I'm more active. I just feel, um, yeah, I, I would choose something healthy because I'm, I know that it would make me feel good. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Well, I think it's probably a good place to to, to stop there. Uh, do you want to t- just give a shout out to your business? And, and we will yes. include sh- links and stuff in the show notes anyway for people. Okay. Um, and it really, I mean, we've talked about it. And for those who are listening, it's really worth having a look at the visual as well. Um, I can't remember if you sent me an image of the, the visual because if you. Um, no, I haven't, so, but I will. It might be worth it. I'll stick so it in the show notes as well so people have got it. But click on um, it. Because my mission, I'll just quickly say my, my mission and then how people can work with me. Um, my mission is to inspire 10,000 women to invest in themselves. So what I feel like I'm not necessarily supporting women to stop drinking. I believe I'm a life coach who specializes specializes in women who would like to explore life without wine, right? To explore that. Um, and my idea is to, um, to work with women and I have an online program so they could come and join my free group. I've got an online program. I do a Wednesday night. That's my little place in the internet where I'm always there on a Wednesday night in my so much more than sober sessions where I do a training um, and that's free. And I also have a, um, my pen pal service. So anybody who isn't keen to journal or who doesn't want to come on a Zoom and talk about, you know, things about what's going on for them, they can type it on an email as my sober pen pal. And I love that service. I, I love my pen pals. I've got some amazing ladies that I'm working with at the moment. Um, and that's how I support them. And we we chat once a month and we correspond via email. Um, so, yeah, that's that's me. Awesome. Great. I love those ideas as well. Brilliant. Um, brilliant ideas and great. So thank you for that. As I said, the, the links will be in the show notes. Do check them out. Um, and uh, thank you very much. Any questions or any, you can obviously direct them uh, direct Claire, but if you do have any questions or feedback in relation to the podcast, this episode or any episode or any ideas of other guests or thoughts or content, please do get in touch, Dave, at restlessmidlifer.com. And uh, well, I think that's a great one to, uh, a great place to end and a great one to send me off. Thank it's you. Friday as we record, send us off into the weekend, not thinking, oh, I'm just going to be here because it's a Friday. <laughs> thank you very much. Take care, thank everybody. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Restless Midlifer. For more links and details relating to the episode and the show, visit restlessmidlifer.com. And it would really help if you go to the show in your podcast app, click on review, and then rate the show and share why you value it. 
Until next time, proudly live your own restless midlife. Take care.